Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast. The podcast brought to you by two people whose favourite Irish math rock band are a Debussy rank. <laughs> my name's Ollie Connors and I'm here with my psychic and best friend uh, Chris Morant. How are we tonight Chris? Very nice, thank you. I'm just going to say that lovely. and pretend it's true. <laughs> Quite. And uh, we're here with our second guest and second member of our band because apparently we don't have any other friends. Uh, it's uh, my arch rival and Ben, lead guitarist Matt Markham. How are we tonight, Matt? I'm great. You know, life's a picnic. Everything's going fantastically well. Nothing to complain about. Let's Absolutely. Good. So that's the that's the positive <laughs> spirit we need. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Thanks for, ha- so, thanks, yes. th- thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, you're absolutely welcome because uh, yeah, um, it was your suggestion for us to do mm-hmm. um, the Atlanta Georgia Greats, the Riff Masters of Mastodon. Mm-hmm. A great shout. Um, we're going to get into their seven records, their storied history, um, modern metal giants that they are. Just maybe first of all, tell us why Mastodon. Because you've hung out with me enough to know that I'll talk about Mastodon till the cows come home so it's just a great excuse to talk about my favourite band they are my favourite band probably okay at the moment certainly mm-hmm. in the last five six years or so yeah. um, most of that stems from the fact that I'm a guitarist and yeah. a metal guitarist so listening to them is like having crack poured into your ears they're just so <laughs> they are so clever um, guitar wise which mm-hmm. I was going to say, any guitarist listening out there who don't know Mastodon, who haven't listened to Mastodon, you've got to check them out. Even if you play, like, jazz, check them out <laughs> because they do things that just shouldn't be done on a guitar and they make it work and it's just brilliant. So that's <laughs> it's the guitar porn thing for me in my ears. That's my favourite. Uh, lovely. And... Um, Chris, like, uh, are you a fan? Um, and yeah. so, how much? How much are you of yeah. them? No, big, big fan. Um, I'll probably talk more about it in certain albums later. But one of the first kind of proper metal bands that I actively got into, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I can absolutely um, back up what what Matt was saying about uh, the the kind of conversations that we've had and things as well. I've, I know I've had a few conversations with Matt in the rehearsal studio where I've always known that Mastodon are clever with their guitar playing and kind of do something different, never really known what, um, until Matt has had those conversations with me and enlightened this guitar Luddite <laughs> to uh, understand exactly why that is. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, has renewed my appreciation of them as well especially cool okay well normally we, we before we go into the ranking uh we go through sort of a little bit of a preliminary chat about the band um uh, mostly around their influences um there's a few the few big obvious ones but a few others i thought of as well mm. um so main number one influence being sabbath um, I think that's not a particularly hot take that uh, uh, Mastodon loves Sabbath. Um, Thin Lizzy as well. Yeah. Big, mm. big influence acknowledged mm. by the band. Um, and um, what else are we thinking? I think um, in, in the later records, uh, there's certainly a tall influence that comes to the fore. 
Yeah, I think I think um, prog prog generally, prog. especially like classic yeah. prog, is is a big bit like again something they've actively, even in their music, actively kind of mm. made very clear. Um, it's yeah. a, it's seventies seventies prog. It's stuff yeah. like King King Crimson stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. Um, who who Till who who are also massively influenced yeah. by. Yeah, it's it's that and, stuff. Um, yeah, like uh, and another one I was thinking like um, so. People say like taller the Radiohead of metal. If if taller the Radiohead, then Mastodon are the Queens of the Stone Age. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, I think there's a lot of. I, for me, there are there are quite a lot of comparisons with with Queens of the Stone Age in, in certain some albums more than others. But I think mm. Mm. I think another another. I don't know. Well, yeah, surely would be an influence for for any band like this, really. But something that comes through a lot is um, thrash as well. Yep, especially yeah. on their earlier material. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we'll get we'll we're getting into it more later, but um, there's certainly more of a mathcore influence there. Yeah. Uh, stuff like um, Dillinger, Cavin, Botch, Neurosis, and well, obviously Neurosis because Scott Kelly's yeah, yeah, yeah. become their mascot at this point. Uh, <laughs> I think something that's that's worth mentioning as well um, with kind of influences and things. Brandela, uh, um, as I'm sure we will all talk about at some point, um, incredible, incredible drummer. I'm but just going to step in. I'm just yeah, going to step in to save us any more blushes. It's pronounced Bran. Oh, is it? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Everybody you. says Bran, but it's not. I had no idea. Bran. Thank you very much. Um, Sorry, go on. Sorry. No, 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 no. Always, always keen to <laughs> be corrected on pronunciation. Um, yeah, a similarity with what we talked about in the Dillinger Escape Plan uh, episode, with very clear kind of jazz influences in his drumming. Yeah, it's it's as close Absolutely. to kind of jazz metal drumming yeah. as you can get, really. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. their biggest influence, I was going to say, just quickly, is mm. Melvin's. Oh yeah, if you yeah, if you yeah. if you listen one. to Melvin's, it's like Mastodon, but without any of the technical crazy stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure, for sure. Very more, similar, sludge, very similar. more of the sludge and doom side of it. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I also wanted to sort of point to um, kind of Macedon, not only their influences, but what they have subsequently influenced. I mean, like obviously, stoner metal was around before Mastodon, but they kind of were the pioneers in making it as big, big a genre as it is now. Like, they helped bring through uh, bands like um, Baroness, yeah. Kylesa, Torch, Red Fang, and um, even mm-hmm. um, even Gajira to um, yeah. wider audiences. Like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, like it was them. They, they, they broke the door down for these, uh, for these acts to come through and make, uh, make such a big impact. And, yeah, one of, one of the biggest sub-genres around. Um, but uh, oh yeah, which reminds me of another big influence for them, like stuff like Sleep and High on Fire. Yeah, well, I think they uh, met. They met at a High on Fire concert, or two of them met. At a high oh, on fire amazing! Concert. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Which makes sense. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah, lovely. All right, and um, our top five is going to be our niche of the better top five is going to be a little bit different tonight, a little bit of a twist on it. <laughs> um, so. I'm, I'm looking, I, 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 looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah, so normally Chris and I would do like top five songs, but um, I think it's I think it's fair to say, Matt, I, um, I'm not sure how much you agree, but outside of the bands you really love, like um, you're more of a TV and film guy than a music guy. Meh, I would say it's about equal. Yeah, know. okay, fair enough, fair enough. 
Yeah, um, I'm a big, I'm a big interpretive dance guy as well. So there's, there's that as well. Oh <laughs> uh, sure, sure, okay, lovely. Uh, we well, should listen to our Bjork episode then. It's full of that. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so um, yes. So uh, later on, once we finished our rankings and our chat on Macedon, we will be doing the top five uh, music musician cameos in uh, in TV shows. Uh, so yes, um, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, if if you guys don't have anything else to point out before we get into it, should we uh, uh, should we should we go ahead? Yeah, I just had a disc- disclaimer before I'm asked <laughs> to explain myself. Mm. Ranking these albums is like to me is like Sophie's Choice times <laughs> seven because there's seven albums. <laughs> <laughs> so I massively resent having to do this task, and I'm only doing it because you've made me. That said, I do have a I do have a proper order. I'm not I'm not sitting on the fence. Yeah. Oh, well, that's I, good. I, that's good. I would I would say I found rank. I I found this, and I did not expect this. I found this the toughest one yet. Um, okay. Both in terms of both in terms of ranking the albums themselves and picking best and worst songs and parts from. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. didn't expect it to be, but I've, I've, I've still, I still don't really know if I agree with myself on most of the choices I've made. I yeah, think I the um, same way. I think my bottom three was quite easily, but um, three to four, three to four, four to one mm-hmm. was uh, was quite significantly harder. I said to you before, Chris, that, uh, that I might have a big surprise. I actually don't, but I will get into that later. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to add. Uh, Apologies for horrendous gushing throughout. If you get me <laughs> back, fine. get me back on with a band I don't like. I'll have I'll have a more balanced uh, <laughs> contribution. Apologies in advance. It's a uh, guest honour of um, going with number seven first. So what have okay. you got down? I the, again, <laughs> it, it, it was so hard. The, the bottom three are basically interchangeable. My top four are locked in. But mm-hmm. the bottom three, you could put them in any order, pretty much. So okay. I just at the last minute put remission bottom. Okay. But um, my number seven, um, you won't find this a surprise at all, is uh, Crack the Sky. Yeah, we've talked about this. <laughs> Let's get into it. We talk it's, about it's, why you're wrong. I'm I'm disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> Your it's number seven, it, Chris. It, yeah. Um. Uh, I've gone with the hunter at number seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, uh, sorry, Matt, your number six. That would be once more around the sun. Okay. Uh, my number six is the hunter. Uh, my number six is also once more around the sun. Okay. Cool. Uh, your number five, Matt. The hunter. My number five is remission. Uh, my number okay. five is emperor of sand. Oh. No, I'm still. This and my number four, I am still very, very unsure on. (laughs) But that's where it is Uh, at the moment. Um, your your number four, Matt. Crack the sky. My number four is once more round the sun. Uh, Remission. Okay. Three. Blood Mountain. My number three is Emperor of Sand. Uh, My number three is Leviathan. Whoa, okay, cool. Whoa, wow. <laughs> uh, you're number two, Matt. So I've got Leviathan and Emperor of Sand left, and it was very difficult yep. and probably very controversial, but I've gone Leviathan number two. Mm-hmm. I've gone Blood Mountain number two. 
Uh, crack the sky, number two. Okay. And Which then Matt. Emperor of Sand, number one for me. Uh, and leaves Leviathan, number one for me. And Blood Mountain for me. Fantastic. Very interesting. Okay. Here we go then, chaps. Cool. All right. This is good. So I think th- this is the most diverse ranking we've had so far. Yeah. It's all over no, that's place. great. Yeah. That's great. So um, I think the one we've sort of mutually ranked lowest, and I think it makes sense to go straight into in terms of uh, discography, is probably Remission. Uh, their debut record, uh, released in 2002. Um, and uh, yeah. Despite us all having it in our bottom halves, still a fucking great record. Um, And um, I think here um, I'll go straight into my best part to introduce the chat on remission, which is, well, I mean, the album starts with a noise from Jurassic Park, which is (laughs) fucking badass enough. But um, what a way to introduce your career with the riff on March of the Fire Ants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my my overall thought. I mean that that riff and and things uh, kind of including this. My biggest thought with remission and probably why I've got it higher than I maybe expected to have it actually. Are that uh, list, every time I've listened through to it, especially in prep for this, I'm struck with the thought that I think it could come out now, mm. and I would be as excited about it and it would sound mm. just as fresh. Like, it still doesn't mm. sound like anything else. Mm. Agreed. I, I, I think it is, it, it's, the, it's the album that is least attuned to my personal simp metal tastes, you know? It's the most <laughs> hardcore. Uh, like, I like the radio-friendly stuff, hence mm-hmm. my, some of my <clears throat> ranking. But I, it took, mm. So it took me a while to get into remission, but... I absolutely mm. love it. I think it's. I think it's. It's just an absolute. It's probably their most sort of. What's the word? Like hit you over the face, kind of heavy. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's got some insane riffs and just insane moments. And I really enjoyed. There's a reissue that they did in like 2014, mm. mm-hmm. and it just normally like remasters don't sound like that good. You listen to it and you're like, okay, this sounds exactly the same. Yeah. But. Mm. I felt like it, it really opened it up for me and I just listened to that now quite a lot. I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. It took me a long time to get into remission and I, uh, I used to go I used to go and listen to it ever since I got into Mastodon and just never really get on with it and I think the production mm-hmm. was a big part of it um, and I wasn't into anything that heavy for a long time uh, but the more I've listened to it and especially listening to it for this I realised how many of the songs I am familiar with just from going back and revisiting it so often yeah. so yeah it's taken me a long yeah, time yeah. to to appreciate which is maybe why maybe why it's crept up on my list because i'm still in that kind of honeymoon period with it a little bit okay um yeah should we go into some some best songs i think that'd mm. be um a good, a good place to start with this um so um i've got kind of a it's a toss-up for between uh, for silver and bronze between these two. Um, I think both Old Nessie and Trilobite are excellent Amen. instrumentally. Um, but my gold medal is actually going to uh, Elephant Man. Oh, cool! Which I think is the highlight song of this record. What about you guys? What are some of your favourite songs from this album? Um, I I pretty much agree. I I I would put Old Nessie number one. Um, 
I had Old Nessie down as number one. I like Trilobite a lot. I think it's really good. I mm. love. I one of my first Mastodon songs I ever heard was Mother Puncher, so mm-hmm. I kind of like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some crazy stuff on that. Like that's the one song where you can kind of hear where they might go into it. There's a lot of crazy intricate guitar stuff, heavy yeah. riffs in Mother Puncher. Mm-hmm. Um, Mother Puncher's my um, my bronze, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And old Nessie, my silver. I've actually got March of the Fire Ants as my top. Excellent. Um, yeah. I Good. just love. I just love every moment of that song. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's wonderful. And where, where strides the Bearmoth straight after it as well? Lovely. Um, and are there any other parts or general general conceptual things to this record you'd like to give a shout out to? I mean, like other than the riff on March of the Fire Ants um, that I pointed out. Yeah, like you. You, you um, alluded to, Matt, that this was quite difficult to get into this album because of its um, very confrontational, bludgeoning nature. Yeah. It, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was quite the opposite for me because, like, as, as this is their most, ma- most mathcore album as a massive fan of, like, that kind of style of chaotic hardcore, mm-hmm. this was incredibly easy for me to so, get into. Sure, this. Sure bread and butter. Sure <laughs> bread and butter. So yeah. anyone listening who doesn't know, Ollie's taste is basically, well, just scream. Yeah. <laughs> scream. I, li- like. I, li- I like to, like to characterise it um, by saying it's so- uh, music that sounds like a house being thrown through another house. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nu- nuance, less important. Or if, if there is... It, if there is nuance it's kind of hard to you really have to be a connoisseur to break through the screaming mm-hmm. sort of thing but you mm-hmm. know each to their own and remission will definitely give you that so yeah claustrophobic's the word i've used for remission <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's very sure. dense and claustrophobic and kind of chaotic mm-hmm. um yeah I, i've got my, my highlight is the old, old nessie intro just for the fact that it for that reason of it's quite a nice atmospheric kind of break my highlight is also old nessie but there's like a bridge bit mm-hmm. where it there's this kind of slidey um it almost it's like the the first part of the record where it, there's some of the um the like country influence comes into it and it's just weird it starts at i've written it down three minutes 27 if you want to listen <laughs> and it mm-hmm. is like just a insane idea for a riff you'll know it when you hear it i think i know like the bit you mean the second the for the last third of the song um yeah and that that bit for me every time i hear it i'm like oh my my toes twitch but i'm interested <laughs> to hear why ollie said elephant man because that is very yeah, interesting yeah. to me um i just think it's a fantastic closer yeah um i think i think why I like Elephant Man is linked to maybe my worst part of this record, which is um, that it's quite one-dimensional vocally, and mm-hmm. um, and I think it was important for them on the closer uh, to be more experimental um, with, uh, vocally, which they are, and uh, yeah, I, ju- I just think it's it's a really interesting song. Uh, to to close out the record and points to where they'll go in future really well, and begins one of Mastodon's little mini obsessions 
with <laughs> with with their lyrics um, um, with uh, with that of uh, Joseph Merrick. So yeah, uh, just um, yeah, really like um, really like Elephant Man. Yeah. Um, what about what about worse songs for you guys? Um, I went. I thought I didn't think Trainwreck did a lot for me. Trainwreck's my last, uh, my worst track. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had I had Trainwreck and Burning Man. Yeah, okay, one. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not not bad, not bad songs, just the most forgettable. Yeah, yeah. I okay. thought it was interesting as well. I found out that Trainwreck was the um, only track on the album that was written when the original vocalist was with them. So it's probably one of the oldest ones oh, on there, right. which would okay. make sense as well. Okay, it's a bit less interesting. Um, so can I just quickly pick up on something you said, Ollie, about the vocals on the album as well? Because sure, the one thing that kind of sticks out to me is a, a like a an overall kind of low point for me with it, or you know something that could be better. I think I don't know if it's because of their vocalist leaving before this album or or what, but I feel like there's a lot less vocals generally um, as okay. well on this one. I feel like there's much longer instrumental sections going on. Um, mm. without any vocals appearing than there are later on. They certainly got a lot more confident vocally mm. later on, definitely, and um, more of them come into play. This, yeah. is, this is mostly just... I mean, <laughs> um, I can't really tell the difference between the three vocals. No. Um, but um, not, when not when they're screaming. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, even later on, I, I can't place what which is Troy, which is Bron, and which is oh, really? uh, which which is Bill. I don't really know, Brent, but Brent. Um, but but this is all very much just a hoarse scream. And I I, um, I is that Troy? Probably. Uh, well, Brent used to do that, but um, oh, it Brent, messed, right? It messed his voice up. Uh, okay. Right. And he hasn't he hasn't screamed like that for a few records now because of that. Uh, I didn't realize but, that was um, the reason. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, all of them, mm. they found it was screwing with their vocals, so that's partly yeah. the reason why they, they stopped. I think because it's a very, um, like all the vocals, especially in those early albums, are very unique, aren't they? And They are very mm. screamy and stuff, but they're in a completely different way to anything I'd heard before yeah. at that point as well. Mm. I know the the term, like, caveman metal and things was thrown around for a while, <laughs> like, which which made them really added to their kind of originality and things, but absolutely, I can it, because it's not a conventional way of doing it, I can see why that would... Yeah, wreak havoc. What yeah. What about you guys? Before we move on, um, have you got any particular low lights? I, I had I had um, the heavy sections of Trilobite, which I know you two really love, but I I've oh, okay. I I just found them slightly unsatisfying, uh, not quite living mm. up to the promise of the verses. I find the verses really interesting yeah. and kind of okay. Uh, yeah, Fair I don't have a I don't have a specific low point. I just feel that the there's not enough guitar solos or kind of crazy technical stuff that I yeah, I yeah. love them for. It's very kind of you know power riffs and it's great, yeah. but it's and it's all it is as you said. It's not very dynamic. Mm. Not mm. even with the I'm not even talking about the vocals. I'm talking about the guitars as well and the general kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. There's not much dynamism think- there. I think um, I think like like I pointed to with the vocals. I think that came with confidence later on. But the other the other thing I would say quickly is there's no mm. there's no Scott there's no Scott Kelly track. Yeah. Right. On okay. <laughs> which is always a bad thing for me because they're always my highlight. Yeah, for sure. 
It's yeah, it's like um it's like when Mark Lanigan isn't on a Queens of the Stone Age album. Exactly, exactly. Abs- yeah. Absence is sorely noted. I yeah. did get to the point I did get to the point with that where I was like, can't, can't, can he just can he just join as an extra vocalist? Can he just join the band? <laughs> because his vocal his yeah, his vocal works so, so well. Yeah. With them as a band, every time he's there. I think the pro- problem is that he's better vocal than vocalist than all of them. I think. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <That's tough>. um. <laughs> anyway, cool. All right, um, and um, I think next we'll uh, we'll move on to the hunter. So, um, so yes, this is uh, the follow-up to Crack the Sky. Um, interestingly. Um, I think Chris, you were there as well. Sonosphere 2012. Mm. It was a bit uh, no 2011. Uh, um, yeah, I can't remember what year I went. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, they did this in full at Sonosphere, and um, bit of a bit of a weird choice. Um, remind me, um, Matt, where did you have this in the end? I had fifth but interchangeable with my other two so that you could put it okay. seventh. Yeah. But, yeah. But, and, and, and I had it Chris, um, uh, uh, sixth and Chris had it seventh. Mm. So, yeah, why don't we like The Hunter, guys? Because this is meant to be a big record for them. My, my biggest thing, the reason I've got it last, is I feel like it is the most directionless. Mm. I feel like it's very much them trying things out, putting the feelers out a little bit. There's, I've seen a lot of praise for it and that it's them bringing all their different elements together from, from the mm-hmm. albums before it, um, which I get. I get why they'd want to do that, but I feel like it kind of dilute, dilutes all of them slightly. I feel I like th- that it's, the, it's the album, I mean, if, after Crack the Sky, which is the most intensely, insanely kind of just so, like, dense mm. and cr- crazy and proggy, yeah. this is them... This is a reaction to that. It's them taking the foot off the pedal and going, "Look, we're not going to lock ourselves in a in a room for two years and just torture it. Like, let's write <laughs> some lighter stuff yeah, yeah. that is that is easier to play and that is more maybe more fun to play even mm. and um, um, the shorter songs as well. Um, there's not a lot above sort of four or five minutes here. Yeah. Um, yeah so th- th- exactly. Th- this th- this is, this is maybe sort of. Um, to some extent, kind of pop Mastodon a bit. The, well, yeah, I've said, I've said would, could you class this as, like, arena metal, essentially? Like, There are certainly arena metal parts to it, definitely. The, yeah. like, the, the um, first thing I've said in my notes is back to the big riffs, essentially. Like, like, like um, I think Colonel of the Bell was probably their first, like, radio hit. Mm. Yeah. All the heavy it, lifting is a stadium chorus, mm. like, yeah. whatever... Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Colonel and Bell got them on Jules Holland as well. Yeah, yeah. So let's go into parts first because my part, my best part and worst part are interlinked. I think um, the first two on this record bring back um, sort of what I call fun Mastodon back yeah. with a bang. Uh, but um, I've got for my worst part that the drop off to quite turgid mastodon is quite quick after <laughs> um yeah just this record's okay i thought I, I thought i disliked it more than i actually did but i still don't get much out of it i think yeah this is i want 
I, I went through this with like most of the ones at the bottom of my list of thinking, oh, am I being harsh on it by assuming it's going to be near the bottom of my list? And then listening to it and thinking, no, I do enjoy this a lot, but it's still ending up down there. I think a lot of it with this one for me is that it's lost some of the the heft and the punch mm-hmm. from the sound as well. Mm. I found it really interesting actually looking up who produced this one. Um, being... Being, is this is the it, Nick, Nick, Nick Raskolnevitz? No, this is, um, I don't know how you say it, Mike Elizondo, but he's primarily okay. a pop producer. So he did 50 Cent in right. the club, Eminem, Just Lose It, Real Slim Shady, he did Family Affair by Mary J. Blige, Maroon 5, 21 Pilots. Yeah, see, this is what I mean. This is not a band that is in the let's no. make our most proggy no. album possible phase. This is This is... Let's just take a break from the craziness. It's, I'd say it's almost as experimental, but in kind of the other direction, isn't it? It's it's like let, what, yeah, what, they, what it, can it, we do, kind of thing. Exactly, they've taken away the sludge and the prog, mm. and they've leaned into psychedelia yeah. and classic rock. Yeah, I think um, I think what might influence that, that that I've just thought of is that off the back of Crack the Sky, they did big, big, big venues in the states on a sort of. Um, uh, mega tour with Deftones and Alice in Chains. Oh, uh, okay. And, I remember that. And and this might be sort of a swing for that sort of like like you said earlier, like joining that arena elite. Mm. I thought of that there was a um, a quote from a BBC Music review of it as well uh, when it came out. The, the last line of which, uh, and this isn't meant as like a negative thing or like I don't know, but it, it was just quite telling. I thought the last line of the review was, "Don't like metal? You might just love Mastodon." Hmm. Hmm. which I thought was an interesting way of putting it in that not saying you if you like metal you won't like it but just kind of saying it's, yeah. it's a very accessible metal album that, that people could get into mm-hmm. um, yeah lads what have you got for sort of um, highlights and lowlights I so a fun bit of uh, my eyes order bent trivia <laughs> that's our <laughs> band uh, m- my first meeting with these characters was through <laughs> Alex our drummer I know this, who you yeah. would have heard heard on the last the last, what what out what band did you do with him the white stripes the white stripes yeah 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 um but anyway yeah and we bonded over playing octopus has no friends mm. that was the first where we were like let's jam what songs do you know did that whole classic thing and um I was like, I love Mastodon. He was like, oh, yeah, I love The Hunter. Because I think The Hunter's his favourite, which is weird. <laughs> I think it is. I could be wrong. It's, it's anyway, he was like, oh, yeah. Him, yeah. He was like, oh, Octopus Has No Friends. I was like, what, are you serious? You can play Octopus Has No Friends on drums? That is, you can play a Brian Daler song on drums? You must be pretty good. And I was like, yeah, I think I know that on guitar. And we managed to, like, get through it. So... Octopus has a very special place in my heart. I also just love I love the guitar work on that. It's it's insane. It's banjo technique. Yeah. And it is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um and I think there's a, there's an interview with Brent Hines where he talks about it and he's like I came up with the riff that opens it, the intro, and I didn't have a clue what I'd written. <laughs> I think he was just on I think he was just on acid like as he always is. But it was like yeah, so that that for me will always be the highlight is that opening crazy crazy riff it's definitely one of the most interesting tracks on there I think it's mental I remember I remember when uh, when you and Alex first met up and did that I remember him coming I remember him coming home and just being like you know he knows the octopus has no friends we jammed the octopus has no friends 
and he wouldn't stop going <laughs> on about it. <laughs> it like, yeah. I think we both. I think we both thought that each other would be shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were both mildly surprised that we weren't that bad. We were, well, we were good enough at least to play like a, mm-hmm. a mastodon top. Yeah. Um, what about sort of lower, lower points for you guys? Well, I have a Chris hasn't Chris hasn't said his best. Uh, my, my, oh, sorry, oh, we've yes. kind of covered it. My my high, high point is just the the groove and the riff of Curl of the Bell. Mm. Uh, like it's yeah, a, not, it's an obvious nice. choice, but it's great. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. My my low light is um, I feel harsh, but the creature lives just being yes. a, being a bit of a half baked idea because actually I really like it and I like what it, and it's 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 Brundader's first like solo written song. Um, but I feel like it, they could have done more with it. I feel like it could have gone somewhere and become more than it is. Whereas as it is, it's just a bit of a novelty set piece. I think for me, it, it, that track is the only Mastodon track that I would say is a bad song. Okay. <laughs> In my opinion, I think it's dreadful. I mean, it's absolute yeah. prog worship, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's but a- it's not. It's just not good. It doesn't have a good. It just don't. That uh, the whole. Just the whole. Uh, my low light is definitely the the, the lyrics in that mm. as well, right. which make me cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've which... got for my silver medal for worst song um, is that creature lives as a load of old shit. <laughs> it is. <laughs> See what I thought was interesting as well was like how on the nose the prog worship of that is. Like the laughing at the intro is surely a nod to Pink Floyd. Yeah, uh, you've got his voice. I think sounds incredibly like Greg Lake. Um, of <laughs> of King Crimson and, and ELP, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think they or he remotely tried to hide the fact that it was his statement. But this of is love. the thing with Mastodon is that they don't, they don't shy away from doing stuff like that. No. They will go full. So when it works, it's great. But yeah. then it's that line, isn't it? And I think that track for me just went too far. I bet there are people out there who love it. Yeah. But <laughs> I think you're right there, yeah, it strays okay. into strays into pastiche kind of it's bit, yeah. I thought you guys, both of you guys for sure would say that, that your worst moment on the hunter was the Wow before the creature lives. <laughs> I quite oh, like that yeah. I don't I don't dislike the song actually, yeah. Uh, I just think it could have been more. Um so what have you got for your worst song, Chris? Uh Drybone Valley. Just okay. oh. just bit feels a bit filler. Mm-hmm. Really, it's interesting because that was a single. That was like the same. Yeah, single. I was surprised. I found that out after I'd kind of listened through to it again. Yeah, it surprised mm. me. Mm. What about you, Matt? I, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, Drybone Valley is probably a good shout for one of the worst. I used to really not like um, Thickening, but now mm. I really like it. It's weird. But yeah, I love the Sparrow as well. I think the Sparrow is yeah. brilliant. Mm. Very emotional. If you know the whole story behind the album is that people that yes. they loved kept dying and mm-hmm. the hunter is referencing Brent Hines's brother who died on a hunting trip mm-hmm. just dropped drop dead of a hunting trip so they, they do that they'll put in mm. stuff and then the sparrow is about the wife of their manager who just died mm. and her, her life motto was pursue happiness with diligence which is the, mm. the lyrics on the sparrow so it's mm. a beautiful song yeah, really nice yeah. guitar stuff on it. Although, yeah, so, I mean, you've just pointed out there, making me feel bad for what I've got for my worst oh, song. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, no, it's it's not the Sparrow, it's the Hunter, the title track, uh, which okay. is about oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Brett, Brent's brother. Um, as we covered in my ranking, I don't like Crack the Sky very much, and The Hunter might be just as dull, if not duller, than <laughs> See, most, uh, oh, most stuff on man, Crack the Sky. We're gonna, we're gonna get into an argument about this, but uh, my um, my, no, yeah, the thing I've said about The Hunter is is exactly that that like it's it what it's about is a shame because it is unfortunately quite boring mm. as a track. That's really funny because I had that as my runner-up for best song. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> um, what, else, uh, what else have you got that you got out there for best then, Matt? Uh, just though, well, I have my top three were Octopus, Hunter and Sparrow. Okay. What about you, Chris? What uh, have you gone for for your best songs? An observation on, on Sparrow that I've made, uh, something that I have to mention at this point as well, is the fact that, um, so I've, found out that this album was recorded at Sound City Studios. Oh, cool. um, Obviously, famous studio in LA, the one that Dave mm-hmm. Grohl did the documentary about and everything. Yeah. I looked, again, I, I do this every now and then, but made me again go and look at the list of albums that have been recorded there, and it is just... Phenomenal. Unreal. unreal. Um, but obviously the famous thing about, about Sound City is kind of that unique sound that albums managed to get being recorded there, and I feel like The Sparrow is the track that I've heard that the most maybe because it is mm. one of the more classic rock tracks on the on the record and mm. things as well mm. um, but I quite appreciated that uh, just a quick mention for the very very silly song titles of Blasteroid and Stargasm uh, <laughs> come on boys um, <laughs> you're better than that uh, but uh, yeah my best my best track I've gone with Spectrelight nice nice um, it's a good one just yeah or, or as they, or as they, they apparently rename it, Spectra Light. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, and all, but, the, uh, all, all the, well, that's what they say in the chorus. Oh, in, in, uh, the, yeah, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spectra no, Light. I did yeah. notice that. Uh, all, yeah. the, all the heavy lifting is up there for me as well. Mm. Yeah, classic. A song literally about lifting things. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I thought that had quite a blood mountainy vibe to it. That track as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had all the heavy lifting up there. Uh, Spectre, uh, Spectre, Spectre Light is probably my silver medal, but mm. go um, best song uh, had to go with Curl of the Bell. It's yeah. it's an anthem. Yeah, it is good. It's um, like yeah, like. Um, bigger singles come later, maybe, mm. but um, Curl of the Bell was their breakout hit, which is yeah. unfortunate given Leviathan is my number one. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but still, great song and um, will be a live favourite for years and years to come. Oh, yeah. Okay, lads. Um, I think we're done there. And I think Chris and I were discussing the next record we've ranked mutually probably lowest is Once More Around the Sun, the record that follows up, mm. The Hunter. And uh, this continues their relationship with Brendan O'Brien yeah. from Crack the Sky. Yes, so... Uh, no, well, this, no, it doesn't. This was the um, Nick... Nick Raskulinian... Uh, right, okay, okay. I know him from his mostly from his work with Foo Fighters. Yeah. Um, He's done like, Foo's, um, Evanescence, Deftones, Coheed... Nice, nice. So, big, big metal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, I think it makes sense to go straight into my my best part uh, of this record, which is Tread Lightly as an opener. Yeah, it's great. Man, oh man. Like, if they don't introduce their live set 
with this forever. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they're going wrong. Like, I've got, yeah, Tread Lightly as an opener, Barnstorming Mastodon, our back baby. <laughs> and and that the first three are excellent, in yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's what I thought. The first three are all fantastic and the best that they've done that kind of full-on classic rock melodic side of, of what they do with, yeah. with a bit of heft. Uh, and then I find it, that it, it's a shame that on the title track, it then kind of feels like it's just doing the same again, not quite as good at that point for me. Um, mm. But yeah, interesting that you love Tread Lightly so much because I do think that is one that struck me as having a very old school Mastodon feel to it instrumentally mm-hmm. especially yeah mm-hmm. just a fucking storm of riffs and amazing Brondela drums yeah. it's yeah it's 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 an absolute stormer out the gates absolutely um what about you matt uh any particular highlights you want to point to straight I mean, away uh, all of those um, i i my favorite moment on the album is the end of aunt lisa <laughs> okay There's, there's the, there's that band there's a band called the coat hangers yeah. whoever they are and they're they're the girls that sing like that chant over the end of that track and the whole lead in to that which you can hear from two minutes 53 until the end <laughs> is is the coolest thing i've ever heard like i just love that whole riff and i love I just think it's insanely cool. I do. I, I love that song as well. I do remember that section of that song being the first thing, the first like part of this album that stood out to me on, on first listen. It's so catchy. Like it's it's one of the hooks that you just get in your mm. head. It's an earworm. That bit. I love it. Yeah. And I really love that moment. I love the intro slash outro to Chimes at Midnight as well. That weird like. Ollie Ollie is pulling faces um, that that make me think he thoroughly disagrees with us. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's because they're using an Ebo there. And if you know yeah. me. Yeah. No, I love an <laughs> No, um, we were on positives, but I might as well do it now that you've uh, mentioned Aunt Lisa. The way she sings Hey Ho, Let's Fucking Go just really irritates me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And, 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 and it's, yeah, like, I get it. Like, it's quite obviously meant to be a chance along moment for mm. the live show. But just that, like, sarcastic way in which she sings it and quite nasal uh, I think there's like four of them singing mm. it but yeah yeah don't like it <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love it I love the riff underneath there's this crazy kind mm. of slidey riff underneath that is really clever um, so you're wrong but that's <laughs> fine <laughs> I feel- uh, my, but my, fa- yeah. my favourite track I can just say yeah. is Halloween I love Halloween uh, okay uh, nice nice okay um cool yeah let, uh, let, let, let's let's continue that theme and uh, get into your be- uh, best songs chris uh yeah so ember city's up there mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. i think the guitar wizardry going on on that one is wonderful uh mm-hmm. i think it's really cool that one uh is almost like a peak of the mix of old and new mastodon both like instrumentally yeah. and vocally and the, the and you were slipping away vocal part is another oh, bit yeah, that, that's that, cool. that really hooks yeah. in um, mm. lovely guitar solos in there as well <laughs> uh, uh, my top track similarly it was it was tricky between the, that and and my top track which is Chimes at Midnight mm-hmm. um, yeah. again I've made note of the Ebo I think I use that really nicely and uh, just it doesn't let up that track it's just it just gets better and better as it goes along um, 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like the album as a whole is basically taking what they started with the Hunter and doing it with a bit more confidence and a bit more bite and kind of just embracing mm. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised to hear neither of you have mentioned these tracks. Um, my best song, as I've already alluded to, is Tread Lightly, but mm. uh, not far off is High Road. Yeah, it's yeah. a great. I've, I've put uh, it's up for me. It's up there with Lucifer's rocking chair for best slow head banging song. Yes, that is why yes. that, that is that is a mass. That is why I love that riff. Yeah, yeah, is just is just unholy. You can't like, help but pull that face. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, if, if you like, you, you could you, a dead per, a corpse would nod along to that. <laughs> and that chorus has been stuck in my head for yeah. for weeks now. Um, listening listening back to the discography. Yeah, I think High Road's an absolute yeah. banger. I think yeah. High Road, and I imagine you're going to mention the Motherload as well. I feel like both of the co- those both of those choruses uh, are, are where they really actually, for the first time, properly hit that kind of vocal melody sweet spot. Mm, mm. Um, got an interesting um, story about um, High Road, which uh, leads into one of my worst parts. Like, um, it's just an interesting little butterfly effect. So, uh, High Road was up for Best Metal Performance at the Grammys, but lost to uh, uh, Tenacious D's Dio cover. Um, Can't remember which song it was, but it's Tenacious Tenacious D doing a bit of a shitty uh, Dio cover. Mm. Um, But they were then nominated again a couple of years later for Sultan's Curse and, and won that time. But they were up against uh, Code Orange, mm. who I'm 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 not a massive fan of. But that would have been such a huge moment for hardcore, for Code Orange to win, win a Grammy, and they were hot favourites going in. But obviously, the Grammys decided, oh, we'll we'll, we'll give it to Mastodon because they lost a couple of years ago to. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's to, what award shows are like. That's why award shows are bollocks. They, yeah, they... and 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 like what what the fuck does um, like famous film actor Jack Black care about a fucking Grammy yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> give it give, well, give it's, it, it no it's true g- though it's like oh Leonardo DiCaprio should have had an Oscar by now let's give it for him <laughs> yeah, for this yeah, movie yeah. that he wasn't his best movie it becomes it becomes yeah. almost a sense of inevitability about it doesn't it like regardless of what... so you can guarantee in 10 years when when Code Orange have become like old old hands they'll win one for uh, at the expense <laughs> of someone better yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yes, so low lights. Um, I think I, 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 I've already delivered both of mine. Um, I'm gonna go for worst song as um, Asleep in the Deep doesn't achieve much over its six, six minute runtime. Yeah, I feel like it, it gets a bit meandery eventually. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I I like it. I think it's good, but uh, it wouldn't be. It'd be a mi- in the middle. Mm. Middle. If I was ranking every track, it'd be in the middle. Uh, my worst would probably be. I'd say something like "Feast Your Eyes." That's my worst. Again, mm-hmm. yeah. perfectly okay. good, but just forgettable. Like yeah. you, 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 I've listened to this album maybe a hundred times, and I couldn't tell you how that song goes. That's exactly what I've put. I've just said I never particularly remember that this song exists. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that brings me on to what I think is the general problem with this album, if there is one. Yeah. Uh, you can't argue with perfection, but they—I would just say there's too many. There's a bit. It's a bit too light. It's a bit too light for me. Okay, 
I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got an overall thing as, as low point as well. With it. it just feels to me a bit like they're cruising. It feels a bit exactly. like, and I'm, which is why I have the Emperor of Sand higher up than these, it, it, with the idea that they could very easily from this point have just become one of those kind of boring sort of classic metal by numbers, stone sour bands. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and this was the kind of, yeah, the moment for me where I was like, I enjoy, and I enjoy, I'm fond of this album, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it came out when I just learned to drive and I had it on the car all the time. It's a good, you know, it's fun, but it's not much more than that in most, for most of it. Weirdly, I would say this is a good place to start with Mastodon. If, you, if you're not into metal mm. or, or screen, start with this one because it's got a lot of radio-friendly tracks. Yeah. It's very easy to listen to. There's some stadium stuff in it, and it'll mm. just ease you in mm. rather than starting mm. with, like, Crack the Sky and not being able to understand what you're <laughs> listening to. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I'd not considered that this is, like, um, very stone sour, but I think that's a fantastic point. Yeah, yeah. actually, Chris, that you've, you've made there, yeah. Um, okay, um, I think we're done there with Once More Around the Sun. Um, okay, so I think we'll round off this part. Uh, what should we round off this part with? Um, I'm happy to go, you both, both rank Crack the Sky fairly lowly, I'm happy to go with that if you want to go with that. Yeah, should we, should we round it off with some Crack the Sky? Come yeah. on then. <laughs> go on, Here Ali. we go. Knives out. <laughs> part one finale. Fireworks at the Can ready. I just point, can I just one parting shot? One little Alan Partridge petty parting shot to Once More Around the Sun that's really annoyed me. Motherload is spelled wrong. That's not how you stop getting Motherload wrong. You don't spell it like that. Sorry. It's L O D E. It's L O D E. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Crack the sky. So, yes, this was the album that basically maybe not a Mastodon fan anymore um, for, 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 for a while um, I think um, yeah we'll get into it later but I may have been brought back around a bit by um, Once More Around the Sun and uh, an Emperor of Sand but um, this is just a really boring record um, oh mate the stuff that you're into though I thought you'd get I thought you'd get it no, still don't. Um, I've got more highlights on it um, from it than I than I had before, but um, yeah, it's just um, navel gazing, relentlessly dour, noodling bollocks. Like, um, still don't get this album. Like, I mean, just sum it up with um, with my worst song, The Czar. Just ten minutes of absolute torpor. Like, it just doesn't get out of second gear for me. Just loads of sound clashy bits that don't work with each other. It was nearly my top track. <laughs> it's like five tracks in one yeah. pair, but yeah. Say, right, right. Save say, say me, say, me from ranting too much. What's some, what's some, let's go into some positives and crap the sky. I just think you don't... You, it's not... I don't think... I don't think he gets it, does he, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not on my team, Matt. Don't, don't you pretend. I am on your team. What are you talking about? Where did you rank it, though? I thought you had it quite like. I oh, know you had it like fifth. I'm say fifth I, in yours. I, I, fourth. Fourth. Oh, okay. Fourth. Oh, okay. Hi, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think it's magical. 
I think it's really. I think I think it was important, especially at that point, for them to do an album like this. And I think it's important that they have an album like this in their discography. Um, uh, it it put them. I don't know. It put them a step above for me from from what I thought of them before. Um, well, yeah. I just it's it's their one that kind of works as as much as it's not their only kind of concept album by a long way. It's the one that works as an as one whole piece. I can only ever listen to it as a whole album. Um, yeah. And th- before we did this, when I was thinking about, I, I listen. I, it's always been. I've always held it up there as one of my favourite Mastodon albums. And then on my first listen through of every album, to start ranking these, I really started to doubt it. I was like, oh, it might actually go down to like sixth or seventh for me. Um, and then I listened to it through again with my headphones on, just sitting down and just listening to it and concentrating on it. And, and it hooked me right back in like it did the very first time I listened to it. Absolutely, like, just beguiled by the whole thing. I, I heartily agree. Um, I think it's their most difficult album. That would be the, the thing I would say mm. against it is that, it, that it's, it's, too, it's too out there in a way. I mean, just running through what the concept is about. It's about <laughs> astral travel and, you know, Bolshevik Russia, yeah. Rasputin and, you know, crazy. It's just, it's just mental. Like, it's just completely mental. But I think it, it, for me, it's them sitting down and going, right, how far can we push ourselves mm. as musicians? How, how far can we actually... Like you said, it's like it's it's good that they had that one album that they just kill themselves. Yeah. And like you can hear, apparently, like, from what I've read, Brent Hines pretty much locked himself in a room for like two years, just on acid, writing riffs. He listened. Uh, he listened to um, in the court of the Crimson King. Crimson King. Every day yeah. that they were recording. <laughs> and and you uh, can hear it. And he he's sitting down and he's going like, I'm a really good guitarist. How can I push this? How can I take this to a level that is way beyond? And you can hear it. It's it's so insanely devised and put together. And there's thir- there's you know last round's a 13 minute track. Yeah. And it's and it's just full of the most insane things. I, so yeah, I've, I, I have said I, I have said in my notes I can absolutely see why it lost people. Like I'm obviously I'm being kind of argumentative for the sake of being argumentative with Ollie but I, but I can I can absolutely see why from someone who was a massive fan of what they were doing before why it would lose people um, I absolutely get it but I like from the moment this album came out uh, I just fell head over heels in love with it um, and I think a lot of that as well though is because I'd only really got into the kind of post-metal side of things and and the more proggy metal kind of side of things a couple of years before it came out and this felt like the peak of, of me getting into that kind of stuff I suppose alright lads uh, let's bring you back down to earth by <laughs> making you go through some uh, some low lights um, so we we haven't mentioned so far that um, the three records before this were uh, were concept albums about the uh, classical elements. So Remission was the fire album, mm-hmm. uh, Leviathan was the water album, and Blood Mountain the Earth. So it makes sense that this would be the air album is actually more sort of a, co- they say it's a concept record about uh, the soul and the spirit. Yeah. Um, but it's also... Ether. 
it's it's called um it's called crack the sky because sky was the name of uh of brondela's sister who uh, sadly passed away when she was a teenager and um yeah i guess this is another folding stars moment uh, as we alluded to in our biffy special that i feel bad about kicking it with what's it, what it's about because um i've had some uh very shitty personal news recently and um yeah just <laughs> do feel slightly bad uh still giving it a kicking but i still don't like this record no <laughs> if you don't you don't you know it's one of the i feel like if you're gonna pick one of the albums in their discography that would divide people this would be it absolutely yeah it's not um, for everyone I was just going to say, jumping on while while Ollie has brought that up about that kind of underlying sort of personal influence for them behind a lot of the album, I think that the specific track, Crack the Sky, which is the one specifically about that um, and and Scott Kelly's uh, contribution again, um, it's not my, it's not my, what I've chosen is my best track, but I have said that I feel like it, the album kind of peaks with that track. It kind of feels yeah, like I, it's... I had that, I had that as my best. I, think I feel it's like it's kind of come together with it. Yeah, and I do. I, oh, yeah. I I I really liked reading about how much effort Scott Kelly actually put in with this one as well, in terms of the preparing for mm-hmm. it and writing for it, and properly kind of, you know, spoke to the Dayla's dad and uh, had like photos and things, and properly kind of got himself in the in the headspace for it. Which, you know, obviously obviously they're close. The fact that he's been on every album and things, but even so, I feel like if you're just doing a guest spot on an album to put that much effort into that is a a lovely thing definitely I, I think that that track is absolutely stunning it's really really pretty yeah. opening riff like genius one of the best things that Brent Hines has ever written I think that mm. opening riff I actually played that riff as a, a my audition when I went to um, oh. to uh, to music school because um, it's such a nice riff but yeah I, I agree I think it's a very poignant track that as well lyrically yeah. we haven't really talked much about lyrics no. um, mm. but that one's really nice um, yeah um, so I've got I've got that as the best part the, the, the title track puts me in the mind of the post metal stuff I really like yeah. like um, Isis and uh, now called Celestial for obvious reasons <laughs> uh, but uh, it used to be called Isis uh, and uh, Cult of Luna mm. And, and obviously Scott Kelly's other band, Neurosis. Um, and uh, <laughs> I like the bits of The Lost Baron that sound like Rush. Yeah, that, that track is that track is an ass kicker. Um, I, think I think that has one of their best riffs ever as well at the end of that. There's a breakdown riff mm-hmm. at the end of that that I think is just the coolest thing that I've mm. ever heard. Ever. Um, you've um, you've waylaid uh, go, trying to go into worse parts with some with some positives. Sorry, sorry, can't help it. <laughs> can, 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 can we just keep things negative for a bit? He's on to us. He's on to us. I do, uh, the uh, it's not negative, but just an observation about the track "Crack the Sky" as well, uh, which is that is any prog album complete without a vocal with heavy sci-fi effects? Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> All right, fine. If 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 you don't want to do it, then let's uh, let's get let, let, let's get no, into your highlights. I, I, I will share what I've got as much. So my my biggest okay. overall low point is the production. Weirdly, like okay, purely from the point of view of, I think this is the worst of their ones with Brendan O'Brien production wise. 
because mm-hmm. I feel like it is a very classic sound um, and perhaps it might have retained a few of the older fans more if it had still had a bit of a harsher beefy sound in some parts than it has got I feel like it's quite a quite a classic rock sound overall like mm-hmm. and I know Brendan O'Brien a lot from kind of some of the Pearl Jam stuff that he's produced and things like that and I feel like it's got a mm. lot of similarities with that sound wise Mm, mm, mm. Uh, okay, well, for best song, um, I've got um, I've got the divinations uh, mm-hmm. signals the start of fun classic rock mastodon, mm. even if it is blatant Sabbath, Sabbath worship. <laughs> it's got that di- divinations got that really cool banjo bit. Yeah, and Matt, am I right? I'm, I was trying to remember, Matt. Was it you that told me about the fact that? One one of the guitarists is was a banjo player. Learned banjo before guitar. Yeah, Brent Hines was a was. There's there's a really funny picture if you can find it. You Google Brent Hines banjo before he had a beard, obviously, or yeah. any, like facial tattoos, and he's the most like hick, like <laughs> de- de- deliverance, like with a banjo, like teenager. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's it's massively informed his playing style. I was going to say it goes a long way to explaining why why they're so different guitar playing wise. You well. you would never know that unless you played. And this is maybe a, possibly a bit where Ollie's falling down a little bit. I think for me, I can look at the score or the the tab of of Crap the Sky and just just get lost in it mm. as a guitarist because it's so weird. It's just so weird and. Um, that was what I feel Crap the Sky is. It's that it's the one where they pushed it with the like banjo stuff at the beginning and the and the, the whole of the last baron is just mental. And I just feel like that maybe maybe that's where Ollie's missing, I could be wrong. But yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of with Macedon, it's not just they're not just influenced by Thrash or like Sabbath or there's all these weird there's like a lot of country mm. in there. There's a lot of country, especially on Cold Dark Place, and like any Brent Hines written stuff. There's loads of country yeah. guitar in there, which is really nice and interesting. Anyway, um, I'll shut up. Don't let me. Don't let me gush. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just counterpoint that with, with um, you can have all the technical wizardry in the world, but if it just sounds grey, well, this, then... this is the thing I was going to say. Right, I feel like. I, I get what Matt is saying with that, but I don't. I you know, I I can't read music, and I don't. I don't. That's very much a like a head appreciation yeah. of it. It's whereas, a head. It's a head album. That's what whereas, I mean. But, but but my appreciation of it is definitely a heart appreciation. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I I just get lost in it. I can't. I can, I can listen to the whole thing and know I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, but not recall particularly why. Okay. I I feel like it, for me, it's their it's their thinker for me. It's the their head scratchers the one that makes me go okay well what the hell is going on here you know you know there's so much stuff going on it's so densely packed Um, it's about 30 riffs in the SAR (laughs) but but 70s prog did that and punk killed it for a reason (laughs) yeah but that has shitty keyboards (laughs) (laughs) Um, alright yeah, lads, just 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 take over and uh, for, for for the last bit of this record because yeah, I've I've I'll, I'll adopt the at thumper least, approach. At least you had one thing, nice thing to say about it. That's yeah. <laughs> I did. I'll get my um, my worst track out of the way because I didn't do that. My worst track's Quintessence. Um, uh-huh. All right, just 
just because I don't particularly get on with the let it go bit. Mm. I'm not completely sold on that. I find it a bit cheesy. I agree. I agree. I I was I the, the, my problem with this album is there's too few tracks and it's only seven tracks. Uh, so uh, I found it really hard to pick a worst one yeah, because you know they, yeah. They, yeah. But I I went with either Quintessence for exactly. I don't really like the Let It Go part. Mm. Um, I like the bit immediately after that though, which is really cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not yeah. A Ghost of Corelia was is the other one I said maybe, but still some cool stuff in yeah. it um, mm. and positive we've not really mentioned Oblivion which I think could possibly be their first kind of first proper satisfying Mastodon chorus amazing um, amazing see I I, I thought um, I thought the opposite I, th- I got excited when I heard the words now I'm, now I'm lost uh, confusing with now I'm loused from uh, <laughs> Um, Inertiatic Esp of uh, <laughs> The Last of the Comitorium. <laughs> oh, what a crossover that would be. Uh, Lovely uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they had that crossover on the last record. Oh, no, I mean I mean a, a literal mashup of the two tracks. Oh, right. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. That's too weird. <laughs> yeah, and the last, the, we've, we've spoken about quite a lot, but Last Baron is my favourite track. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. There's too many moments in that as well. Like, there's mm. just so many... My favourite moment in the album is, uh, just to mention, there's a, a section, I think it's called Martyr. Yes. The Martyr section of the Tsar. And it's like, it's the bit where he's saying, spiralling up through the crack in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit. And there's this incredible, like, like 70s prog guitar solo that he does. And it's just like, I don't understand how you could listen to that and not just have your brain fall out of your ears ollie that bit's amazing <laughs> I've it's said that seven, seven minutes 43 yeah i've said that bit is like some of the most riffy riffs on this album are in, are in yeah that, that track and that part of that track particularly and it goes it goes it has this incredible build-up to it and then it just drops you in yeah. like the rest of the track has been really proggy and riffy and then it's just a bit that slows down there's really nice chords on it and every time i listen to that i have to just stop what i'm doing and just have an or- have an orgasm and a tidy up afterwards. <laughs> now, riffy riffs besides, um, yeah, I tried to like this album after all this time. I really did, but um, sorry, lads. No, I can get why. I can get why. Anyway, all right. So we're going to conclude this part with um, with a little chat on their sort of um, offcuts records. Uh, so we've got Call of the Mastodon, which is a compilation of their early demos. Uh, we've got Medium Rarities, which is their release from last year of uh, some recent uh, B-sides and rarities. And um, and Matt also wanted to cover the Cold Dark Sun, a uh, Cold Dark Place even, EP uh, that came out a couple of years ago. And, um, and also a little bit on uh, Feistodon. Uh, yep. their record store day split with uh, broken social scene singer Leslie Feist so I wanted to go first of all into um, into Call of the Mastodon so this was the one in our pre-show chat where I had a one word note for this record and um, I first of all wanted to ask Matt do you like this do you like this album I don't dislike it. I like it it's, it's, it's too it's far too raw for me but I like it Right, I like okay. it because I like Mastodon. If it was anyone else, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. No, I was, I, I, I was maybe hoping for the purposes of this, you might say, yes, I really like it because <laughs> it might sort of uh, be an entry point into the kind of more extreme stuff uh, that Chris and I like because my one word note for this album is this is fucking Converge, isn't it? Do you think? That's I not, don't get that's that at a all. Lot more, that's a lot more than one words. Just. <laughs> <laughs> My one word note was converge. Right. See, I don't. But, yeah, I didn't think that at all. Yeah, this 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 is straight up converge, and I'm not going to say it's a rip off because this sounds a lot like the stuff that converge went on to do after this yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. Like a track, a track like Slick Leg could come off like their No Heroes Axe to Fall era easily. Tell you what, I get that more with, and I know I was pushing for for you to listen to this as well. Is is the original versions of the songs with their original singer, mm. the original demos. Um, which you can find on YouTube if anyone wants to, Nine Song Demo, which uh, the first, tra- um, what's the first track on both of them? Shadows That Move? Shadows That Move, yeah. Um, I prefer the version with the original singer of that. Um, right. And I, I can see the comparison with Converge more with his vocals and, and there, but and right. I suppose it's a bit rawer generally as well, the, the overall production of mm-hmm. it all. Um, so like the reworkings of all those tracks are definitely more lush sounding and things. And overall, mm. I prefer them to the to the demos. But that song in particular, I think, loses some of its bite in the reworking of it. Okay, um, I quite like it. It's a bit of a companion piece to Remission, mm. and like as a whole, just an era of Mastodon where they didn't sound like Mastodon yet, but I still yeah. quite enjoy their sound. Um, so medium rarities, yeah, their um, their record from last year. This is more of a sort of compilation piece. Uh, a few instrumental tracks, a few live tracks. Um, got a few notes here. Um, what the fuck is spoonful weighs a ton? Uh, oh wait, it's a bad flaming lips cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but. Um, Atlanta with uh, Gibby Haynes and the Black Butthole Surfers is fantastic. Yeah. I love Atlanta. Yeah, I put, put, put a one word review on this one. Point, okay. Pointless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, like it's got a couple of, a couple of things we've all heard before. Yeah. Uh, White Walker um, is the track that they did for the end credits of the episode of Game of Thrones they were in. And... Um, and Orion, uh, we yeah. we heard that years and years ago for um, Koran cover CD, Master of Puppets Remastered. I remember that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Had uh, uh, but, fight, um, fight Star on it, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, it did. And uh, Bullet for My Valentine uh, doing... Uh, what did they do? They did um, Sanitarium. Was, they did home. Sanitarium, yeah, yeah. Machine Head, Div- Davidian... Uh, not Davidian, fucking hell, Battery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Like... And and this one on medium rarities is a remastered version, so sounds a bit better than the original mm. cover. But my note for their cover of Orion is that, like Orion, as we all know, is a Cliff Burton's song, and Troy Sanders just isn't Cliff Burton. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think is um the first track is the only new track on it, isn't it? Fall, fallen yeah, torches. well, this is my point: is that they had fallen torches, yeah. and then they were like this needs to be on an album, let's put it on, and then what else can we put on? A, uh, an instrumental version of mm. this. And, it, yeah. and I, I just felt like most of the tracks on it were either like B-sides or off-cuts for, yeah, perfectly, I, for perfectly good reasons, 
or mm. they were live live or instrumental tracks that I just can't get excited about personally. No, um, I do. I do wonder. It did make me wonder as well. Like, cause I, uh, Emperor of Sand in my head came out a lot more recently than it actually did. Mm. Um, and there's been no mention from Mastodon of anything that they are doing. Mm. And I wonder. I did wonder if if this compilation was kind of the result of them not being close to having anything at that point to 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 release and they oh, so kind of feeling, I, so the, so feeling, I, feeling the pressure of needing to put something out yeah so far as i understand there is like there there is probably going to be an album this year okay right which okay, probably means cool. we're doing this at the wrong time but you know, <laughs> <laughs> good excuse for people oh, to well. revisit yeah 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 <laughs> for sure um yeah nothing else there on media rarity so uh lastly what i do cold dark place which um yeah read some reviews for and they were sort of ecstatic about how interesting and experimental this was i just thought it was for pretty all right latter-day mastodon tracks i'd go i'd go further than that special about i'd go further than that i say they are there is four tracks of the bit of latter mastodon that i don't really like to be honest. So the, the story behind that EP is it's basically um, Brent Hines' breakup record. I think he wrote all the tracks. Okay. okay. Him leaning into his, uh, him being sad after a bad breakup mm. and and mm-hmm. leaning into the, there's so much country on that. Yeah, 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 massively. There's full on slide guitar at one point, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's that. It's a little mini introspective, I think, because Brent Hines has about five different. I don't know if you've checked any of them out, but yeah. five different side bands like Theme Without a Face and I like them a lot. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I have a feeling that this was like I don't know whether this is Mastodon or not. Mm. Sort of, mm. let's put it out under Mastodon because there's a yeah, couple yeah. of like Mastodony bits, but um, it's just a little side curio. That's the thing. I think really. the fact that it's the fact that it's just a four-track EP, it kind of doesn't bother me that it's there. You know, it's an interesting thing to have there. Um, mm-hmm. If they were to do a whole album like that, I'd be pretty disappointed. But <laughs> I think "Toe to Toes" is a great track. Great that was track. The, that is the one that stuck out to me when when yeah. I when yeah, it came yeah, to- out. Yeah, "Toe to Toes" is probably probably the best of these songs. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Lastly, and where we'll sign off here is the. Um, uh, yes, the record store day split Feistadon. Um, as I mentioned, Leslie Feist um, is a solo artist. Before that, was in a band called Broken Social Scene, who have had about a trillion members. But uh, most famous for the song One Two Three Four, which was in an uh, iPod commercial back in the day. Uh, you guys might remember. So yeah, um, she was pretty stoked to collaborate with Mastodon. Mastodon were pretty stoked to collaborate with her. Um, listen to both the tracks. Yeah, a com- their cover of A Commotion is fine. Yeah. Um, and her cover of Black Tongue is all right. Yeah. I, I loved her cover mostly because it's as close to what I'm going to get, as cl- close as I'm going to get to a Tom Waits Mastodon cover. <laughs> right. True. Interesting. True. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it a cool. lot. I, I found it, I thought the, the song choices were, were interesting. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, and just, just it's like one of those weird Twilight Zone collaborations. Yeah. Like, just what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like it. I, I enjoyed it. I have a little curio. 
Okay, chaps, well, uh, yeah, that'd be the end of part one. Um, and, uh, yeah, four albums covered there, three still to go. So this is a hefty old chat, plus <laughs> our niche of the better top five on... Um, uh, on musician cameos in TV shows, of course, um, inspired by the aforementioned uh, Mastodon cameo in Game of Thrones. So join us for that on the other side to this, where we'll, we'll be covering Emperor Sand, Leviathan, and Blood Mountain. And uh, yeah, we'll see you there. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye bye. Bye.